Welcome back to the VBPH Sermon Podcast. All this week we'll be featuring sermons from the recent Bible conference in El Paso, Texas, pastored by Paul Stevens. We pray these sermons are a blessing to you, and we're sure they will be. We'll return to our normal schedule next week. God bless. Well, good morning to everybody. What an amazing morning today. What an awesome privilege to be able to minister to the people of God. And I want to uh, believe God with you, very particular direction, Luke chapter 11. <clears throat> I was in uh, Argentina of August of last year. Uh, this was quite a supernatural experience from both um, the assaults of hell that I experienced and from the miracles of healing and deliverance that God was producing from the moment I arrived I began to experience these very deep assaults of witchcraft demonic visitations this carried with it uh, some pretty deep mental assaults uh, tangible resistance in the spirit realm especially against my prayers there were tangible visitations of demonic entities on several occasions and I was grappling with demons and the demonic on a level that, quite frankly, I'd never faced before in all of my years of serving God. On the other hand, the kingdom of God was on display in supernatural power. The deaf were hearing, the mute were speaking, demons were being cast out, many, many diseases and physical conditions were being healed, and over a hundred first-time sinners saved at the altars over a 17-day span. So here we are, side by side, this supernatural demonic assault and resistance and God's manifest power at work. Now our mission, our calling, especially in light of the representation of Thursday world evangelism, is involves supernatural endeavors. Now, the Bible describes the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan as supernatural in their functioning. And there's a very real spiritual battle involved in these two kingdoms. This was on full display in Pharaoh's court as Moses and Aaron are there. The rod is thrown down, it turns into a serpent, and the magicians... And the workers of witchcraft and divination begin to do their enchantments and threw down their rods and they too became serpents. And as the Apostle Paul reminds us in Ephesians 6.12 that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. It was Jesus that said, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his palace, his goods are at peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him his armor, which he trusted and divides the spoils. So what we're talking about is a supernatural power struggle in which the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ triumphs. The text we're going to read declares that the finger of God establishes the kingdom of God. It's supernatural. And I want to minister this morning 
A sermon entitled, God's Finger in His Kingdom, Luke 11. Let's begin in verse 14. And he was casting out a demon, and it was mute. So when the demon had gone out, the mute spoke. The multitudes marveled. But some of them said he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? But you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. If I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. Verse 20. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God... Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So I want to first look with you at the spiritual reality. In our text, it is presenting you and I with a spiritual reality at work. Jesus is encountering the powers of darkness. This whole conversation is stirred because Jesus cast out a demon spirit. So Jesus highlights both the kingdom of darkness... uh, And the kingdom of God and this text places emphasis on the spiritual reality. The apostle Paul made it clear concerning our struggle. He said it's not against flesh and blood but he began to name the hierarchy of hell. And he said the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. And he's presenting you and I a spiritual reality. For those that remember the books by Frank Peretti, This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness, and while these were fictitious books, they were written based upon a spiritual reality. And in these books, these stories unfold inside of particular cities as People are living their daily lives and he reveals the spirit world of angels and of demons that were constantly at work influencing events and people. And he highlights certain Christians in the story and their prayers and the influence that these Christians had on what unfolded in the spirit realm. It was Pastor Wayman Mitchell that said, When we get to eternity, we will be amazed how spiritual the things that we faced were. In our text, we see the clash of the kingdoms. Somewhere along the path of life, the demonic gains a foothold over this person. And it presents this physical condition of being mute. And it was driven by a demon spirit. When Paul was encountered on the road of Damascus and he recounts this to Agrippa and he begins to say that Jesus told them that your mission going forward in Acts 26, 18 is to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God that they may receive the forgiveness of sins. So this language presents a spiritual reality. And we can tend to overlook or forget the reality that the people we're trying to reach for Christ are spiritually bound. They're blind to truth. Their hearts are darkened by sin. 
They're bound by the powers of darkness and they're living under spiritual curses. These are the people we're trying to reach. That means that our mission then is highly spiritual. And if we're going to effectively reach people for Christ, it is going to involve a spiritual arena that incorporates the supernatural. You know, think about it. How do you approach all of today's diagnosis? It's staggering. It's off the charts. We're talking about mood disorders and mental disorders and anxiety issues. I mean, they're off the charts. It's going to require the supernatural hand of God. We're going to have to be getting people delivered from these things. See, because what we're dealing with is a spiritual arena. That our mission is to win fallen people in a fallen world. This is going to require the supernatural. Because the demonic realms of life entwine themselves in people's human nature. This is where spiritual strongholds are developed that need to be broken when people get saved. It's supernatural. Jesus said we're up against a strong man. He said that this strong man, which is clearly defined as the demonic or the demonic world, has taken people captive, wields influence in the spirit realm, creates these invisible barriers that we come up against in our labor for God, and what we're dealing with is a spiritual arena. This is what makes prayer so vital and so powerful. I mean, think of the folly that somehow we're going to make an impact in the culture of our world without a good prayer life. So let me talk to you about the power struggle. Because this text presents a confrontation. Jesus casts out a demon spirit and it causes an uproar. He stirred the demonic hornet's nest. You know, people like to kind of brazenly say, I'm going to go up there and kick the devil's nest. Well, you know... You don't do that by spitting farther when you preach or by going Southern Baptist style or blowing people's ears out with a decibel level. The way you do that is with authority. Remember, the same thing happened to the Apostle Paul as he cast out the spirit of divination that was functioning in this little girl. It caused such an uproar that it landed Paul and Silas in a prison cell. But what resulted was a supernatural visitation of God upon that jail. And a key convert was saved out of that. So we're talking about a power struggle this morning. Remember the showdown in Pharaoh's court? The power of God was confronted by the power of witchcraft and sorcery. On the one hand, you don't have to be afraid of witchcraft and sorcery, but I'm going to tell you it's real. And it's no joke. I don't wish upon you a demonic visitation, but if you ever have one, be ready. So this is one of the features of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, but what was the primary focus of that power? It was to be witnesses to him. That means that our witness for Christ is more than just disseminating information to people. But our witness is a confrontation with the powers of darkness that hold people captive. And that was the the spirit of what you felt when 
Brother Juan Gonzalez was preaching that he understands that confrontation. And he's got some good stories for you if you want to hear some good stories. He only told one of them. And by the way, I didn't send an emoji to him, okay? He just didn't get it right, but we got it all straight, so we're, we're good again, all right? <laughs> but it's power to be a witness. And it's good for us to remember this when we're dealing with people, when we're witnessing and testifying. It's, it's a spiritual battle. And our witness was meant to be supernatural. When God told Paul that your life, when you preach, is going to open their eyes, it's going to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that's pretty intense language. And as preachers, we must never forget that preaching has a supernatural component to it. I got an email from an individual, and this is what he said. I struggled heavily with panic attacks and anxiety. And I'm going to tell you, God's going to deliver some people to the altar from panic attacks and anxiety this morning. He says, I was bound in my mind and had voices in my head for three and a half years. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't socialize with people. Although I got radically saved, I wasn't delivered. I was sitting in the front row during the revival you're preaching and God fell on me and delivered me. My anxiety is completely gone and I sleep like I've never slept before. You know what that tells me? Preaching is supernatural. That when we're conveying revelation and truth filled with the Holy Ghost, we're confronting powers of darkness that hold people captive. When Peter preached on Pentecost, it wasn't just the sway of his ability. We don't have that ability. But it was supernatural because the anointing of God was on him. See, when you preach with the understanding of your authority in Jesus Christ, it produces a supernatural arena with supernatural results and many got saved that day. See, we are in a very real power struggle this morning you need to understand this when it comes to your city your nation or your circumstances perhaps people you're dealing with sickness and affliction that you're dealing with finances fruitfulness this is all spiritual and I love the way that brother Juan put it he came from the streets and in the streets the mentality was we take over which block are we taking over today I love that's the quote of the conference so far. Pastor, which block do you want me to take? But there, there's something in that that we need to understand because we're in a confrontation, a spiritual reality, and, and we are confronting the powers of darkness. It's Moses and Aaron pointing their finger in Pharaoh's face and commanding him to let the people go. So that's what our prayer lives are producing in the spirit realm. We're commanding the powers of darkness. You're going to let those people go. Listen to the language in Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from what? The powers of darkness. Conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. That this language identifies the power struggle involved in birthing souls into the kingdom of God. We have to be getting people delivered from the powers of darkness. We're talking about the kingdom of Satan that does everything in their power and ability to hold souls captive. 
to hold finances at bay, to keep you struggling, to kill, to steal, to destroy. The question then is, what are we going to do about it? In our text, Jesus said, if I cast out demons with the finger of God, I love this imagery, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. We're backed by the finger of God today. That means something. There's a confidence we can walk in. And I'm not here to wow you with revelation today. What I am trying to do is stir in you concerning the authority we have as believers in Jesus Christ. We are backed by the finger of God. We are backed by the kingdom of God. Do you still believe that greater is he that lives in you than he that's in the world? So let me talk to you about establishing the kingdom of God. And if you think I'm moving quickly, it's because I want to leave plenty of time for this altar call. I want to believe God with you. Establishing the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God established upon the foundation of the supernatural from its inception. This is a supernatural endeavor that we're involved in this morning. You have to get your head there. And as Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, our gospel did not come to you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Spirit. And in our text, in verse 20, Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now we know that the kingdom of God has come as the supernatural is on display And the power of God's kingdom is at work in the earth through his people. We are all qualified for that to take place in our lives. If you're born again, you are qualified. As as young disciples, we were in the streets confronting and casting out everything. Some of it was dumb, foolish, but we didn't care. Because we had authority and we were going to wear that authority. But the supernatural is a contended dimension. It's not automatic. We have to contend for a supernatural dimension in our lives, in our ministries, in our churches. You know, Pastor Mitchell always taught us about the altar call. If you'll be thorough with that altar call, it's going to save you a lot of problems in the church. The altar calls are a tremendous opportunity for the supernatural. We're dealing with a supernatural dimension and too many churches today overall are just in the church world by large are just trying to build things through the latest gimmick or the natural means. And while we're certainly commissioned to do the natural, we can't forget the supernatural. We have to leave room for the supernatural. Sometimes you just wait on God in a church service. You'll be surprised what he'll begin to do. and He'll begin to fall on that place. Let me tell you, people start getting delivered, it's going to change your church. We're trying to preach people into change. You notice how frustrated you get? Many times we fail to discern the demonic nature of many of the things that people are facing or the barriers or the obstacles that we're encountering and our minds have to shift a gear from the natural to the supernatural we have to see through the lens of the spiritual and contend for the supernatural 
World evangelism is supernatural. Any missionary will tell you that. It's crazy that we think we're going to go to another nation and build a church. It's supernatural. As couples venture out to be missionaries, they're entering into enemy territory, all of these strongholds, these unfamiliar battles. It'll drive you batty if you're not careful. The level of which it's going to require tonight when those announcements are made is going to be supernatural. We're going to have to give on a supernatural level tonight. But you know what I can promise you if you'll do that? You're going to see the supernatural in your finances. And there comes a point where the kingdom of God and its power trumps the powers of the enemy. See, enemy strongholds are broken systematically. I know we're not going to ever overthrow the kingdom of hell. That will be done by Christ when it's all judged. But there are strongholds that we face that we can break. And many times this is done systematically and consistently as we press in in prayer and we continue establishing church outreaches in the streets and faithfully preach the gospel. You never know how close you are to seeing a demonic stronghold being broken. And trust me, when it breaks, you'll know it broke. Because radical things happen when strongholds break. During the judgments upon Pharaoh and Egypt, the magicians and the workers of witchcraft, as all this is taking place, these workers of witchcraft were able to duplicate the serpents, they duplicated the waters, turned to blood, which I never fully understand other than a power trip. Why would you want more blood? But they duplicated the frogs on the earth. And then the Bible says in Exodus 8, 18 and 19, the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there was lice on men and beasts, and the magicians said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. The finger of God's power trumped and triumphed over the power of the demonic realm. And how many know it still does today? And I realize, they're, they're, you know, you got to tread through. You, you got to claim the promises of God. But we are making an impact in the spirit world. I mean, if there's ever a revelation of this resistance, it was that whole event of getting the people free from Pharaoh. He played these games with him, and then I'll let this much go, but not this much. And even after he finally let him go, uh, he still chases him down. But in the end, the kingdom of God triumphed. We're talking about a systematic process of breaking strongholds. And again, Jesus said, if I cast out demons with the finger of God, Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. We are called to establish the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, go and preach the gospel to every person, and these signs will follow those who believe. How many believe this morning? You're believers in Jesus. These signs should be following. That in my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will be, be, by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That the kingdom of God is established through the preaching of the gospel and the displaying of signs and wonders and supernatural deliverance. I was just with Pastor Terry Haynes in Carbondale before this week, and he told me of a story of a 
girl that was raised in the church there and she had backslid and somehow she got caught up with a group and this group is known to be active witches in the community there. And she was at one of their gatherings at one of the homes and there was a photo album on the table and she starts to finger through it and in this photo album were different events that this group does and things that, you know. And all of a sudden she flips the page and there's the church building in Carbondale. And she pulled someone over. She says, why is this in there? They said, oh, they're our greatest enemy. See, we're on the devil's radar. The witches of our community, they know who to pray against. I moved into a new neighborhood about two years ago. And we're moving in and I'm just sensing witchcraft. It was really intense. I told my wife, I I feel witchcraft in this neighborhood is crazy. About three nights later, we're all moved in. We had dedicated our home and I get this crazy demonic visitation about three in the morning. Wakes me up. I go downstairs to not alarm my wife, even though this thing's got me alarmed. As I'm walking down the stairs, it's following me. I get downstairs, I sit on my sofa, it's there right in front of me. Well, I come to realize later what that was. It wasn't just a demon, it was somebody astral projecting themselves into my home. And I remember sitting there and all of a sudden I said, wait a second, who do you think you are? Why do you think you have any authority in this home? You may have been able to come and go, whoever lived here before. And I confronted that and I pointed my finger and I promise you without exaggeration, like a a shadow it left. Well, come to find out, right across the street lived a witch. I said, okay, it's on. You're not coming into my house anymore. You're not messing with me. And I have this great view out my top floor window of her house maybe I should have prayed for her conversion but I didn't just sit and dawn on me I'm like you just you messed with me you know what I mean but I'll repent and deal with that one next time around I started praying that woman out of our neighborhood and she owned the house well six months later I'm watching as the moving truck backs in and she moves out in Jesus name hallelujah Because eventually the power of our prayers and labors prevail over the powers of the enemy. See, Jesus left this earth and he left us this set of keys. He called them the keys of the kingdom of God. He said, I'm leaving you my power. You have permission to use it. He then taught about binding and loosing. That's a profound understanding. And he called binding and loosing the keys of the kingdom of God. This means that faith-filled Holy Ghost prayer is powerful to overthrow the wiles of the enemy. God says, whatever you step out to do in my name under my power, I will back it from heaven. And just as Aaron and Moses pointed their finger into the face of Pharaoh and commanded that he let the people go, we too with great boldness and confidence not only declare the kingdom of God, but we are here to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And our expectation should be nothing short of supernatural results. That supernatural things will happen, that key converts will be saved, that miracle signs and wonders will 
take place on a frequent basis, that God will be glorified and his kingdom will be established and his church will see powerful breakthrough. That is our expectation. Why? Because we've been given the keys to the kingdom of God. We get to drive this thing and it's a cool car. I was in a little church in northern New Mexico, wonderful church, been there probably 30 plus years, great pastor, faithful people. And I'm ministering there on Sunday morning and there's probably about 30 people in attendance. And I do the altar call and two people came to the altar. So that took me back a little because a lot of what we do is so predicated on the altar. So in my mind, it immediately goes, dude, you miss God. You didn't connect with the people. And so, you know, I finished the altar call and I just thought to myself, all right, I'm gonna really get prayed up, prepared for tonight. Sunday night, same exact result. About 30 people in church, two people at the altar. So now I'm, I'm a little bit tormented because I'm thinking, man, I'm messing this dude's revival up, you know? And, and um, so I pulled him aside and I said, hey, bro, uh, I mean, I don't know where I'm missing it. And, and, I start, and he goes, no, 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 it's not you. I go, well, what? He goes, it's something we're trying to break through. I said, okay, I can accept that. So Monday night, same thing. So now I'm vexed. And that morning in prayer, Tuesday morning, um, I don't know what I'm binding exactly. I don't know. I, I just know that there's something spiritual going on. And I begin to just bombard heaven and rebuke hell and just speak things into the atmosphere. That Tuesday night before church, same thing. I'm not doing it where anyone can hear me, just to me and God. And that night was an outpouring of sorts that rival anything I've seen in the States. I mean, every chair was empty. I'm talking about people weeping at the altars, people getting healed, delir- It was just supernatural, a dynamic, a wave of God. And then that Wednesday night, the same thing, and two precious souls got saved that night. Now, while it may not always happen that quickly, God showed me the power of binding and loosing. We have those keys. We need to be using them with authority, with the expectation whether that's fruitfulness, whether that's you're being tormented and harassed, whether you're dealing with different sicknesses, whether finances that are bound up, whatever it is, we have the power of the keys in our hand and they mean something. And we're gonna wield that authority at this altar this morning in Jesus' name. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp. 
where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.